0: Well, welcome back. This is Reverend John Ferret, and this is part two of Lesson 5 on the Lord's Prayer that's part of the Truth Nugget Nuggets collection of Bible Lessons. Now we left in session in the first session talking about the Ten Commandments and I suggested to you and again this comes from Lois Teverberg's article You know, how do we hello God's name? And again, that link is in the session description for uh, session one, or lesson one. And I've also included it in the session description here for lesson two. So you have that article as well, that link. And Lois, in her teaching us about the Hebrew culture of Jesus' day, Shows us that the rabbis in Jesus' day would say that this this concept of Kiddush, Hashem Elohim, making God's name holy. And it's direct opposite, Hilol, Hashem Elohim, or profaning God's name, is directly related to a specific commandment in the Ten Commandments. So now we have the Ten Commandments and one of those commandments directly related to the Lord's Prayer. This is the third commandment of the 10, and I'm reading from Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, and it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Now, before we go on, there's another link here that I've provided here in session two, in the description of this session for session two. And again, the website is www.lightofmenorah.org. And Light is all one word. Menorah, again, is spelled M-E-N-O-R-A-H. And I'm going to link you to a video done by Dennis Prager. And Dennis Prager, some of you probably know him, he's a very credible and popular conservative radio talk show host. He's very well known. He is also a very deeply deeply religious, devout Jewish man. And one of the things that I learned about him is that his life, his work as a radio announcer a conservative radio announcer that's not his life his life is dedicated to teaching the Torah he's a Bible teacher and he taught the Torah for 25 plus years and you can buy it at his website his website is DennisPrager.com and again all one word Dennis Prager P-R-A-G-E-R.com and you could look it up there And he taught the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Does it line by line, emphasizes the Hebrew, and he emphasizes what does the Bible say and what does the Bible not say. And his emphasis is the truth of God's word, both for Jew and Christian. He wants Christians to understand that indeed the Torah Itself, those first five books of the Bible were the foundational Bible, if you would, in Jesus's day. <laughs> Little does Dennis know, but I have learned so much from him. And I have able to see how the Torah testifies of Jesus. You'll remember in John 5.39, Jesus is saying, he's talking to the scribes. He's probably talking to a collection of Pharisees, he's talking to the high priests, he's talking to probably many Levites in the temple, and he's basically saying, all Scripture testifies of me. Now he's saying that in 24 to 30 AD. The only Bible that they had was the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. And the main part of that, the foundational part of the Bible for the Jewish people then was the Torah. So how does the Torah testify of Jesus? And Dennis, with his clarification from Bible history and archaeology, from clarifying concepts that are coming out of the first century Judaism, not first century Judaism, or, or yeah, first century A.D. Judaism, second temple period, he was able to help me clear up things so that I actually saw how the Torah actually testifies of Jesus. Now, Dennis has done a bunch of free videos on YouTube uh, on many topics, but he's got a number of videos, five minutes each. They're from Prager University, but they're free on YouTube. And he did a number of them on the Ten Commandments. I linked you to to one of them of Commandment 3, Do Not Misuse God's Name. That's the title of the video. So again, when we go back to the third commandment, this is Exodus 20, verse 7. It says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. No, it does not say take. Take in the sense that take something to carry it. In other words, Robin and I go hiking, and when we like to go hiking, if the hike is long enough, we will take take our backpacks. In other words, we'll pick them up, we'll take them, We'll fill them with water and supplies and snacks and put them on their back and we carry them on our hike. So to take so as to carry. The Hebrew word there is tisa and its Strong's number is H5375 and it means to take so as to take up so as to carry. The word in vain in vain to not you know not to take God's name in vain or not to carry God's name in vain the word there is lashav or shav and its strong's number is h7723 and it means to do something to take something to destruction or evil or idolatry or make it common so the third commandment Understanding the Hebrew, we might say it says, Do not carry God's name into evil. Do not carry God's name so as to destroy his reputation or to destroy his honor. Do not carry God's name to profane, to profane it. Now in Lois' article. We talked about those two concepts. Hilal Hashem Elohim, profaning the name of God. Kiddush Hashem Elohim, hallowing God's name, making his name holy. And so Hilal Hashem, profaning God's name, is related to commandment number three of the Ten Commandments. So to make God's name holy, action is required. To profane God's name, action is is required it's not verbal it's not words you're going to see more of that in the dennis prager video i won't deal with that right now i'll let you watch the dennis prager video to go into it a lot more i highly suggest that i really believe that lois's article and also the dennis prager video are so important to understand this one phrase in the lord's prayer hallowed be thy name so how do we carry God's name to evil now Dennis addresses it briefly in the video but he has also written a number two book so far his Torah commentary he'll be coming out with the other three as time goes by and I actually have his second one Exodus, God's Slavery and Freedom, the Rational Bible. So this is edition number two. And he addresses this in his commentary on the Third Commandment. And he writes, And who carries God's name in vain? In other words, who carries God's name to destruction? Who carries God's name to evil? Any person who claims to be acting in God's name while doing the opposite of what God wants evil obvious modern examples would include an Islamic terrorist they shout Akbar," God is the greatest when they murder innocent people or a religious priest or a clergy person who utilizes the respect engendered by his clerical status and molests a child there is little, little question that Islamic terrorists and clergy who molest, sexually molest young children have both played a role in the rise of atheism in our time. When any person commits evil, it reflects badly on the person. But when a person commits evil in God's name, and we know now from Lois' article that we would call that Helal Hashem Elohim, profaning God's name, that reflects badly on God as well. The result is the only solution to evil. God-based morality is thoroughly undermined. When associated with evil, God and ethical monotheism are thoroughly discredited. And that is unforgivable, unforgivable as it dramatically reduces the chances of creating a good world. Now, this phrase I really find very penetrating. No atheist activist is nearly as effective in alienating people from God and religion as our evil religious people or people who carry God's name into evil. Moses did it. Moses, God's chosen leader. He who carried God's name, he was chosen by God. And in Numbers chapter 20, you can read this. The people were complaining they wanted water. God, or Moses, goes to God and uh, counsels with him. And God said, take my staff and go and speak to the rock. Didn't say strike the rock, speak to the rock. So that's what Moses does. He strikes the rock, okay, But he says this. He says to the people, So, Aaron and I will give you water. So in all of this action, he profaned God's name by claiming that they, he, Moses and Aaron were going to give water and not God. He was never forgiven for that. Moses was loved by God. Moses dwells with God, but he was never allowed to enter into the promised land. This was the debt that he owed for breaking the third commandment. I remember a famous evangelist, pastor, author on TV. He was caught with prostitutes and his ministry was destroyed I wonder how many people were affected in such a way that they lost their faith because of him. Oh, there's many more examples. Lois has an awesome example of a person who carries God's name to sanctify God's name. And again, this man uses action, not words, to show God is holy. Quoting from her article, this is a story about Jonathan Miles. He's a Christian who has a ministry of bringing Palestinian and Iraqi children to Israeli hospitals for heart surgery. His work has a powerful impact on the Muslims and Jews who see him, and his staff regularly risk their lives in the name of Christ to serve others. One time while he was waiting to pick up an infant in Gaza, the Gaza Strip, He was verbally assaulted by a Hamas member for several minutes. When the man finally asked him why he was there, he explained that he was trying to locate a certain infant who needed medical care. When the man heard what his mission was, he was like a balloon quickly deflated. This Hamas member immediately asked how he could help and took Jonathan all around town searching for the infant, and they actually found him. They actually became friends over time. Jonathan said that the man is now even considering becoming a Christian. What a profound change came over this terrorist, this member of Hamas, from Jonathan's actions to serve God. Jonathan Miles, carrying God's name so as to bring honor to god's name the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of jacob the god of israel the god of the bible a very unique and special god the only god the god with who is set aside for israel one who will come through jesus to save both jew and gentile alike another proven credible scholar is joseph shulam and joseph shulam is part of Netevia Ministries in Jerusalem, Israel. He uh, grew up as a devout practicing Jew. He was given a New Testament in high school and he became a Messianic Jew. Messianic Jew is one who practices Judaism, but as a Christian. He was totally rejected by his family, but he continued his education in rabbinic studies, biblical archaeology, and the history of Jewish thought during Jesus' day, during the second temple period. Schooling included major universities like Hebrew University, the Harvard of the Middle East. He has amazing resources, and you can find them at nativia.org. I've linked you to the website, again, in the description of this session, n e t i v, y a h N-E-T-I-V-Y-A-H.org, Nativia. N-E-T-I-V-Y-A-H that's their website if you don't want to go to our website I'm looking at his books which are, I've got them right here right in my collection in front of me and these are all the Jewish roots of the book of Romans the Jewish roots of the book of Acts in two volumes and the Jewish roots of the book of Galatians that's just these are amazing resources now, in my prep for this session, I contacted Joseph Shula. It's related to the idea of carrying God's name. I knew he could help me. He knows so much about the culture of Jesus' day. I was looking for some background material, and you can say, Man, what has this got to do with hallowed be thy name in the Lord's Prayer? But there is a verse in a section of the Mishnah. Now, the Mishnah was one of the first major pieces of Jewish literature, volumes in length, after the temple was destroyed, finally completed about 200 A.D. And basically, it's law books. What were the additional laws that the rabbis came up with from the Torah? So it's not the laws that are in the Torah, thou shalt not steal. But they might might expand their ideas of what does that mean not to steal. So for instance, when you read the Bible, it does not say um, that when you have your tassels on your outer garment, your tassels should contain a cord of blue. But it does not say anything about five knots, but you'll find that in the Mishnah the rabbis added an additional law that when you have these tassels that you're wearing as a Jewish man, you should have five knots. So we don't know if Jesus had five knots or not. But that's what I mean by these additional laws. Now in the Mishnah is a section called Piyakey Avot, which is called the Wisdom of the Fathers, or the Words of the Fathers. And so I was curious about one verse in Pirkei Avot, chapter 3, verse 10. And it says, Rabbi Doste Bariani says in the name of Rabbi Mir, whoever forgets anything of his Torah learning, Scripture considered, considers it as if he bears guilt for his soul. But the phrase is, Rabbi Doste Bariani says in the name of Rabbi Mir. I wanted to ask Joseph Schulman, this scholar, about Jesus's day and my question was, if you're a disciple of a rabbi and the rabbi sent you out, did you then come to the people that you're going to meet with in another town, another place and you would say, hi, I'm Rabbi Joseph and I'm coming in the name of Rabbi Matthew's name. In other words, basically saying, everything I'm teaching is really coming from Rabbi Matthew. Rabbi Matthew is my rabbi. Or, here's another one. You're a disciple of a rabbi, and finally the rabbi says, it's time to ordain you, time to pass on my authority so that you can become your own rabbi. And the process is called Shemitah. And so now you're your own rabbi. You're Rabbi Joseph. You're on your own. You're making your own disciples because this is what rabbis do. And would a rabbi say, Hi, I'm Rabbi Joseph. I'm now a rabbi. Okay, I'm not under Rabbi Matthew's teaching anymore. But what even then, would a rabbi Joseph say, I'm Rabbi Joseph and I'm coming in the name of Rabbi Matthew. So I did that. And what happens is... Joseph Schulman says exactly what was going on. A disciple of a rabbi wants to be like their rabbi. He's more than a dedicated student, more than a a committed follower of a rabbi. He wants to be like his rabbi. And when you became a rabbi, or when you are a disciple of rabbi, one of the things you wanted to do, and this is just fascinating, is in Jesus' day you always wanted to teach your any ideas that you got from your rabbi by giving credit to your rabbi. You never teach an idea without giving credit. So you would say, I'm coming in my rabbi's name. The implication is, hey, the things I'm teaching you are not mine. I want to give credit. I want to give credit to my rabbi. He is the one who's instructing me. So we read that in Pirke Avot chapter 3, verse 10. Rabbi Dostay Baryani says, In the name of Rabbi Mir. So Rabbi Mir probably is Rabbi Doste's, Rabbi Dostay Baryani's rabbi. And Rabbi Dostay Baryani is basically saying, Hey, the things I'm teaching you right now, Rabbi Mir taught me. In other words, don't plagiarize, give your rabbi credit. Your teaching's his. And this brings honor to your rabbi. In another chapter of Pirkei Avot, chapter 6, verse 6, we find that the rabbis are actually teaching this. And it's likely both of these statements would have been used in Jesus' day. Like I said, the Mishnah was completed in about 200 AD. And in the Mishnah, these are the teachings of the rabbis from 200 B.C. to 200 A.D. So it's very likely what I'm quoting to you was something very well known in Jesus' day. So in Pirkei chapter 6, verse 6, it says, And you're supposed to repeat a saying in the name of the one who said it. For you have learned. You have learned this. Whoever repeats a thing in the name of the one who said it, brings redemption to the world, as it is said. And Esther said to the king in the name of Mordecai. So Esther came to the king. You can read about that in the book of Esther. And she said, here's what Mordecai told me to tell you. And so indeed, a disciple goes out in his rabbi's name. Now let me just stop here. We're dealing with hallowed be your name, In Jesus' day, that meant to the disciples that there was action that they needed to do in their life so that they would make God's name holy, that they would bring glory to God. However, we are disciples of Rabbi Jesus. We carry his name. Jesus said, Hey, I was sent by my Father, so I'm sending you. You can read that in John 20, verse 21. As I was sent, I am sending you. Jesus also says in John 17, verse 8, he's talking to his Father and praying to him, his Father, the words that you've given me, I've given to them. And so we're going out, we have received... The Father's teaching through Jesus, and Jesus has given it to us. So it's as if we are a disciple of a rabbi, and when we come, we come in the name of Jesus. So as to say, where did we get this? We're not making this up. We got this from Jesus. Paul seems to suggest this in Colossians 3.17. This is a famous verse that I've always looked at in a specific way but now i look at it in a completely different way this is colossians 3 verse 17. paul says whatever you do in word or deed do it all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks through him to god the father so it's very interesting because paul seems to be saying yes you're disciples so as disciples you're going to be going out in jesus's name and going out in Jesus' name with all the work that you and the teaching you do, you'll give glory to the Father through him. So Paul implies all we do, everything we say, we do it in Jesus' name. We give credit to him. We're basically saying this is where we're getting it from. This is who is the one who is guiding our life, who is the Savior of the life, who is Lord, Messiah, who is God. It's about how we live and act, obey and serve. Paul seems to be saying, live our lives by carrying Jesus' name and go, and serve and obey God in his name. Now, on another podcast available on the website, it was Truth Nuggets 4, and that was done in two parts, and it's What's Your Name? Part 1, What's Your Name? Part 2. And you'll see in there as you go into Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, that it says, Jesus has the name above all names. Now, in the first century, the name above all names was the name of God, Yahweh, the tetragrammaton, Yud He Vav He. And it says, Jesus has the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, all Tongues will confess and people will bow. We are going to be worshiping Jesus as God. Why? Because he has his name. And in John 17, Jesus is praying to his father and he said, Father, you have given me your name. Jesus is telling us that he has been given his name. So when we say, hallowed be your name, And Paul is talking about everything that you do and say, do it in the name of Jesus. As we do it in the name of Jesus, we already know biblically that Jesus has the name above all names. Yahweh, for Jesus is God. There is another verse or set of verses that seem to be related to this. This is Mark chapter 9. 38 and 39. And here we read, John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we tried to prevent him because he was not following us. So this is interesting. Related to what I just said, this is someone who is carrying Jesus' name. And he's casting out demons by basically saying, where do I get this from? I got this from Jesus' teaching. I'm giving credit to Jesus. He's the one I got it from. Now John is telling us, he did it in your name, but he is not one of your disciples anymore. He's not with us following you. What does Jesus say? Do not hinder him, for there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name and be able to soon afterward to speak evil of me. To speaking evil. Here is somebody carrying... Jesus' name. This is related to the commandment, the third commandment, carrying Jesus' name, but not carrying it to evil. And Jesus is even relating it. So we go back to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. We could now rephrase this We could say our Father who is in heaven may we carry your name. May we carry your name Father so in everything we do, everything we say, all our work, all of our actions that you are glorified. That you are honored. In other words Lord God we make your name holy. Father we already know that your name is holy. You've already taught us that. But now Just as those disciples of Jesus, those first disciples, we want to serve you, obey you, teach for you, do ministry, so that our lives, our observable lives to everyone around us, show that your name is holy, that we honor your name, and that we are true disciples of Adonai Yeshua. may we indeed indeed live and so that we could say hallowed be your name the next lesson will continue with the Lord's Prayer continuing by putting it back into its historical setting and we'll deal with the phrase may your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Shalom, see you then